Men, thanks for listening to our 920 Man Challenge podcast. These are Bible teachings that are meant to be discussed alongside other men in community at our Blankenbaker Man Challenge gathering, where we prioritize developing a competent and confident understanding of who Jesus is and authentic and intentional male relationships. We hope this teaching of God's Word grows your relationship with the Lord, and we urge you to unpack it in your relationship with others. Enjoy! Well, good morning, fellas. Welcome to Man Challenge. I feel like this thing's not on, but I know it is. What's up, Bake? Hey, we got a special birthday boy at uh, table number four. He's a table leader. His name is Sam Priscilla Reader. So, you know, the Bible says greet one another with a holy kiss. Make sure you, uh, make sure you guys do that awkwardly at this table today. Love you, guy. Happy. Caleb, happy birthday. Hey, happy, happy pink shirt birthday day. I like it. Thank you. We can have an arm wrestling competition, see who's more man on their birthday. But hey, listen, we are glad you guys are here. Uh, we got a special topic for you today. Uh, I'll just go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. This is Man Challenge. Today's topic has the tendency to bring out the best sixth grade boy in me. Uh, we're talking about sex. Uh, yeah, you're like jackpot. I almost slept in. Glad I didn't. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a part of scripture that any guy that says, "Man, the Bible's boring," you have not read this book. I promise you. Um, so we're gonna talk about something that God created as a gift for for marriage. And so really excited that we're getting ready to dive into that. But before we do that. Uh, Man Child, if you're new here, we are striving to create a disciple-making culture where every dude with a pulse uh, develops and becomes a skillful hands disciple-maker. That's all of us. If you're like, I don't even know what a disciple-maker is, it's essentially where you're pursuing Jesus and you are transforming how Jesus has transformed your life. You're transferring and sharing your life with other other guys intentionally as you point them towards Jesus. That That's a super simple version. And so that's that's what we're called to do. So we're called to be disciple makers. And so that's what we're trying to do. So man challenge is simply a tool. It's a powerful tool when we leverage it the way that God intends it to be leveraged. But that's, that's where we're heading. One of our men's values is taking your next step of faith, not to prove anything to God or those around us, but instead to have a heart for God. And um, I've got a fun uh, highlight this morning of a guy who took a significant next step of faith last Thursday night. Uh, is he here? Yes, Chad Thornberry's in the house. Congratulations, man. He got baptized last Thursday night. Ironically, by his table leader, Hunter Sin. So I love, love that intentionality. Also became a new dad like two weeks ago. Man, I love it. I love it. So congratulations, buddy. That's, that's a huge piece. Uh, hey, you might want to write this down. You might, if, you, if you're looking around and see a guy that is not here, if your next step of faith might be to tell him what I'm about to tell you. Uh, and that is we are not meeting for Man Challenge next week. We are not meeting for Man Challenge next week. If you get up super early and show up here, you're going to be really mad because we are not meeting. We resume April 14th, so we'll see you back in two Thursdays. Uh, Easter is coming up in like three weeks, 
and you've heard it from stage, we've sent it out on our communication pieces, but Children's Ministry has really um, leaned in and said, hey, will you guys step in and be a huge part of the solution? They know, uh, not because they're prophets, but because they look at data, that Sunday, Easter Sunday, the 9 o'clock and the 11:15 service, they're going to be extra slammed. And so they've requested that, that we ramp up and specifically step in and serve there. You can text SERVE to 733-733, and you're like, well, what am I going to do? They will, they will equip you with what to do, but essentially you're going to be in a room and they'll even give you the stuff of what you walk through with the kids. But I love the opportunity that we have here, not just because there's a, there's a super need uh, that's requested as much as, man, all these elementary boys, I'd love for them to see a whole group of us guys back there so that they see that, hey, men who love Jesus, they serve, uh, and that they don't accidentally think that serving is something that ladies do um, only. So let's step up on that. Um, super simple, but super impactful on that. Two things, uh, these are more save the dates. Uh, typically, we shut down man challenge as far as in this room and uh, programmatically at the end of April, and then we don't resume until mid to late August. That's been, that's been our rhythm the past several years. And our men's staff, we've been working behind the scenes on putting together um, a summer series to, you know, I believe in breaks, but end of April through mid-August, that's, that's a little bit too long of a break. And so we're not trying to create business or calendar, but we are trying to keep momentum going uh, in, in rhythms in your own life and as a group. And so really want to encourage you guys, uh, mid-May through mid-June, we're going to be doing a four-week deal in this space. It's not a, it's not a Man Challenge exclusive deal. Uh, it's for all Blanket Baker men and beyond, but we're, we're, calling a, we're doing a spiritual gifts deal. Uh, for four straight weeks, I can tell you every one of you in this room, whether you're a table leader or a participant, will benefit if you, if you just go ahead and put a wall on your calendar around these four weeks. It's going to be in this room. We're going to meet 6.30, 7.45. We're letting you sleep in, guys. You're welcome. Uh, we're giving you extra 30 minutes, and uh, it's going to be really significant. I'm amazed at how many guys that I meet with um, that are that are that are kicking butt and taking names out in the community, but then are kind of clueless to, man, how does what I do in the community, how does it translate or it doesn't translate um, through Southeast or through the local church? And so this is going to be a great way that we build a bridge. One, also that you can identify like, oh, this is the way that God's wired me um, in the form of what's called a spiritual gift. Um, and so I'm super excited about that. And so go ahead and put, put a wall around your calendar on those four Thursdays, and we'll be sending out, uh, we'll actually have flyers here pretty soon for that as well. And then uh, the next thing we're doing, if you've ever heard this sound. If you've ever heard that uh, or want to hear that, someday uh, post father's day which is june 19th i believe um, we're going to do a four straight consecutive week deal called for dads only and that's going to be in this room as well same time 6 um, if you if you remember back in december we did a two-week deal um, and so we're doing we're, do, we're going to do four more weeks um, this is going to be, this is not a curriculum like, oh, okay, yeah, I did that back in December. This is intentional, ongoing conversations to equip all dads at all stages of life um, to, one, disciple their own kids 
in their homes because that's a big thing. And just to just, man, you know, I, Jim Gaffigan, it's in that funny, not funny category most days. You know, he says, sometimes as a dad, I feel in over my head. I like to refer to those times as being awake. Man, I feel, I feel that uh, less joke, more serious uh, with all three of my kids. And so this is a way for us to equip you. Um, not to just be better dads, but to be disciple makers with your kids, whatever stage they're at. So excited about that. Well, today we got a special treat. Chris Morgan is in the house and he is teaching. Um, so let's welcome him as he comes out on the stage. Yeah, buddy. So Chris joined our men's staff. Uh, what was that? Two plus months Two ago? Two and a half months ago. Yeah. So tell me... Uh, Tell me your observations so far, stepping stepping into men's ministry, stepping into the men's staff. Anything stick out yeah, to you? Yeah, well, I've loved my time here with you guys already. Um, I tell you what, I, I've learned now that I didn't know about audio text messaging is a thing <laughs> here within this staff, that's for sure, and within you guys. So just the encouragement, um, I've learned that it's 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 a great thing, man. Mm. Yeah, he's been a breath of share from day one. Tell me, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? I, um, I like Remember the Titans. Remember Titans. Favorite food or restaurant? Chicken. Chicken. Um, restaurant would be Malone's. I, I like Malone's. I've been Malone's. only been there a few times, but it's good. Have you eat? Have you ever eaten alone at Malone's? That's bad. Let's no. keep going. Let's keep going. That was no, never that done was that. Bad. You might have a hard time believing that, but that was not scripted. Uh, man, that was, that was bad. Favorite book of the Bible? Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. All right. Uh, spoiler alert, that's what we're talking about today. Uh, favorite character in the Bible, other than Jesus? Peter. Peter. Why? Um, Peter was um, bold. He was strong, but he was always that guy that always st stuck his foot in his mouth. He always said something which he could have pulled back, and I can relate with that a lot. Mm, love it. All right. Well, I reached out to Tammy and your sweet girls. Uh, Chris is married to Tammy, has three girls. And I asked Tammy, I said, what's your favorite thing about Chris? She said, he loves me. He loves our girls, and he loves people so well. And then I asked, how are you seeing Jesus mold Chris more into his image? And she said, I've seen, I've, I've seen Chris find rest and joy on Fridays. He's never taken a Sabbath until recently. And it's been so good to see him truly rest in our girls, put away the calendar, and have fun. Um, love it. And then Lainey, who's in fourth grade, she said, my favorite thing about my daddy is I like how daddy is playful, funny, and kind-hearted. I love daddy so much. We do this thing where we say, what's that? <laughs> is that yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We got that. So that's a thing. Um, and then Britton, who's in 10th grade, says, I love how daddy tells me every day he loves me. Oh, I love it. Taylor, who's a senior, um, Wow, she said, my favorite thing about my dad is how bold and strong my dad is in his faith and values, but also how he is tender-hearted and caring towards me and my family. Dang, man, I wish you were my dad. <laughs> That's awesome. Let me pray, we'll get this thing going. Father, praise you for every man representing this room. I praise you for this man I'm standing beside and how he truly is striving to be faithful with living 
out your word first and foremost in his own home with his marriage, with his kids. And so I thank you that this man that stands before us today, though he is an ordinary human sinful man saved only by your grace, he's a man with great character and integrity. And so we praise you for that. Use this man to speak your truth in a way that allows you to flow freely in our midst. We give you the praise for it. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ronnie. You know, what was so easy about me um, making this transition and being part of um, this staff is when, when that guy right there um, talked to me about wanting to create a discipleship-making culture where it's not just a consumer thing where somebody just doesn't stand up and regurgitate things, but it's actually about people making disciples who will make disciples who will make disciples. And it, was a, it really was an easy um, decision for me to do that. If I were, um, were going to teach this book in its entirety, it would probably take us about two months, okay? About two months to spend it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to do it in about 30 minutes, maybe 25. So, JR, what I want you to do, man, is, is at 640, I want you to holler out five minutes, all right? Where keep, me on, keep me on track, because if not, we can talk about this, this thing um, forever. If you were to ask me in, in high school or even college for that matter, if I would be talking about a book like this, I would say you're crazy for a couple of reasons. The first one is it's poetry. Okay, I graduated with about a 2-9 if you know where I'm going with that, okay? So there's no way that someone like me would even talk about the word poetry. And, and second of all, it would be because um, I wasn't living this. This was a foreign concept to me. But what happened is my, in college, um, the Lord opened my heart to understand my need for a Savior, that I was a lost person. And I gave my life to Christ, and then what happened to me is that God discipled me. And he sat me down, he put his arm around me, and he, and he God used this man to bring this Bible alive in my life. And what happened is I... Um, I adopted, willingly adopted a biblical worldview that, that everything I see in this world and in this life, um, I want to look through the lens of Scripture. What does the Bible say about that topic? And so it opened my eyes and it opened my heart to understand what it was like. I messed this thing up in a major way, and I'm sure I'm not, um, I'm not the only one in the room. I lost my virginity at the age of 14 because it was just the thing to do. It, it was, I, I was caught up in the world thing and I really had a really strong um, Christian family. I was raised in this church, but still I got caught up in the ways of the world. And when he really um, discipled me, I adopted that biblical worldview and it changed the way um, I did that. Tonight, today is not gonna be a time where we just beat each other up and we walk out with shame. No, my hope is that we understand that this book, even though it talks about a marriage and it talks about just um, attraction and, and courtship and it goes all the way through love and what marriage looks like and sex and fighting and commitment, we're going to look at that and I hope and pray that you don't walk out with any kind of shame and say, well, I screwed that up. No, it's going to give us a perfect picture if we live by it. It's going to be fantastic, but also that this is a great picture of God because ultimately what this is, is God is the groom, and we are the bride, and he is faithful at what he has set out to do. One of my friends um, from college, 
I caught up with him not too long ago, several years ago actually. And what had happened is when he left school, he went into a family business. And the family business was um, carpentry. And basically what he told me is that there's a thing that's pretty common, he told me, it's, it's called an occupational hazard. And his carp carpentry was um, his skill. And so the occupational hazard basically is this. If you took a look at his hand, from here down, it was, like a, it was almost like a nub. So if you shook his hand, you would feel that. So what happened? And he said, well, the occupational hazard is this, is that when you do something for so long and you continue to do it, what happens is, is you just lose your focus, you just get caught up in it, and you just kind of, and that's what happened. I had put that board on that saw so many times and pushed it across that I just one day put it down, it cut off half of my digits. I said, man, I'm going to use that one day. Because as we're looking at this man named Solomon, he had become an occupational hazard. And it's very, very simple. All things, if given enough time, take the risk of being taken for granted. All things, if given enough time, take the risk of being taken for granted. We looked at, at Solomon, his, his father David. We looked at him growing up. We, had, we looked at him asking God. God said, you can have anything. I, I want wisdom. So he, he had wisdom. We looked at David's about to die, and he's looking at his son. He says, I want you to be a man. Being a man is serving God. Grant looked at last week that Solomon at the end of his life said, all is vanity. Well, Solomon in this book today, he's going he's gonna to tell us something. He's going to show his wisdom of what God says about these things, but Solomon didn't always live it. It's one thing to have orthodoxy, which is straight beliefs. If you go to the orthodontist, he straightens our teeth. So orthodontist, orthodoxy means straight beliefs. You can have straight beliefs, but not have orthopraxy. Orthopraxy is straight practices. So what we want to do is we want to be able to have straight beliefs, but also straight practices. One of the greatest ways that we can bring glory to God is in our marriages. And as we look at this book, there's eight chapters. Eight chapters, and they all lean on each other. They're all progressive. So in chapter one, we're going to look at the art, or, or we're going to look at attraction. Chapter two, we're going to look at courtship. Chapter three, we're going to look at a wedding. Chapter four, we're going to look at a honeymoon night. Chapter five and six, we're going to talk about conflict. And then chapter seven and eight, we're going to talk about commitment. That seems like a whole lot. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take each chapter and do a little commercial with each of them. And then I challenge you, I challenge us to go out and live it. If you have your Bibles, let's look at, um, let's look at the Song of Solomon chapter 1. The verses are going to come up on the screen. Let's look at verse, the first section is attraction. Not, not, not who you're attracted to, but what you're attracted to. What are the attributes? And these things, some of y'all may be married like, man, I'm so fast past it. No, no, no. Don't become an occupational hazard where you, we've done something for so long that we forget why we did it. Let's look at verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 2. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. This lady wants this guy. She's attracted to him. She wants to kiss him with the kisses of his, of his mouth. For your love is better than wine. Let's go to the next verse. 
Why is she attracted to this guy? It's not because of his 401k. It's not because of the car that he drives. It's not because of all of these qualities, what he looks like, what he bench presses. No. She says, your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name, your name is like perfume poured out. Let me ask you a question, guys. What is our name? Who are we? When people says our, when they say our name, what they think after is our name. If I took, um, if I took a, a bottle of perfume, what I would do is I, if I dropped that perfume and it hit the ground, it would shatter into a hundred pieces. But what would happen is that that smell and that aroma would go out. And Terrence would smell it first, and then it would go over to Sam, and then it would go out all the way, it would go all the way back to the back table. I think Tim may be back there. Tim Anikoviak may. It's going to go all the way back there, and they're going to smell it. And it's going to be a good smell. It's going to be something that's pleasing. Sam Reader, that's a, that's a good name. You don't want anyone to say your name and go, man, who farted? <laughs> no, you don't want that. There's something about a godly man that when we mention our name, what do people think? This lady wants to be with this man because his name is oil poured out. Therefore, everyone loves you. What's the next verse say? Proverbs 22, 1, it says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Man, this is countercultural. This is counterintuitive. Everybody wants to go get the secure the bag, do this, do that. What kind of ride you have? What kind of car you have? All those things will change. This lady is attracted to this guy because his name. Man, what is our name? Hopefully it is someone that will live out the purposes of Christ. There is something powerful about the name Christian that we hold one of the greatest names possible, that Christ lives within our heart. And if he lives in our heart, he's going to stick out. This lady is attracted to this guy because of a good name. And he's attracted to her for several things. We don't have a, a lot of time to get into it, but I want to look at the verses on it. Let's see what it says. Go to the next slide. Here's what... Do not gaze at me. This is her talking. Do not gaze at me because I'm dark, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keeper of the vineyard. But my own vineyard I have not kept. There's a couple things about this, this lady is that she is a, she's a hard worker. She's out. She's passing the flock. No, go back to the next one. She's working. She's out. She's, she's, the sun has looked upon her. She's a keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have neglected. Her own vineyard is her own body. She is a server. She's hardworking, but she's selfless. Man, that, that when we look for someone in a spouse, and I don't want to idolize marriage, as, as Sam Alberry talked about a couple weeks ago at church, that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 7 that, that that it's a gift to be single because you can do a lot of things for Christ being single. But there's a lot of us that we got married. And I'm thankful that I did because I have something in Tammy, that she is a hard worker. This girl, Tammy's got two master's degrees. 
She's very educated. She doesn't need me. She wants me. And together, what we can do is we can have something special together. She's selfless. She's a hard worker. Go to the next verse, Andy. Tell me you whom my soul loves, where do you pass your flock? Where do you make it lie down at noon? For why should I be like the one who veils herself besides with the flocks of your companions? We can't get in the depth of this, but she has incredible standards. She doesn't want to be like all these other girls. I'm not going to be like all the other women. I'm going to have standards. And that's a thing that attracted me to Tammy. She was living her life for Christ. And I said, wow, it would, it would be a fantastic thing if the two of us could maybe spend about 60, 70 years together. I'd really enjoy that. You know why? Because we could do ministry and life together. And ministry doesn't mean just here in the church. You could work at Home Depot. You could be a server and do ministry for God. We don't have to use all these big words, but just how we live our life. One of the greatest ways that we can bring glory to God is in our relationships. Attraction. What is the attraction? Because as I've come to realize, this outward shell is slowly but slowly starting to decay. And I can, I can see these, or I can feel and understand as I look in the mirror that these chest muscles that I used to have, they're starting to drop into different places. And things ain't the way they used to be, but there's something on the inside. The name, the character never changes. Attraction. If we do this the right way, guess what we get in chapter 2? We get the courtship. Now, that's, that's the word of royalty. That's, that seems like a dated word nowadays, courted. But when you court someone, something fantastic happens. This lady and this couple are going to do something incredible that only God can do. What does it say in chapter? I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley. I'm not an English major, okay, but I would probably circle this. A means singular. That this lady is, is she feels so special. I am a rose of Sharon. Sharon is a coastal plain. And, and basically what this lady's saying, I feel like, in the middle of paradise, I am the most singular person around. As a lily among the brambles, so is my love among the young women. There's something about this guy, the way he makes her feel. She's special. Let's look at the next one, Andy. As an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. An apple is refreshing. This lady not only feels special and sing singular, she feels refreshed. It's refreshing to be with this guy. Men, let me ask you a question. Would our wives say that we are treating them special? Because that's what God wants us to do. Why? Because he treats us special. All of these images that we talk about, about this married couple, it's intended to show how Christ feels about his church and how he feels about us. She feels refreshed. So is my beloved among the young men. With great delight, I sat in his shadow. Some translations say shade. On a hot, sunny day, I tell you what the shadow would be, what the shade would be. It would be protection from the sun, that a person would get underneath the shade 
and they're protected from the sun. The women in our life, my wife Tammy should feel protected. She should feel safe. I've used this illustration before several places, but if someone broke in our house tonight, what would happen is my wife would wake me up. She would say, hey, hey, Chris, somebody's in our house. And what I would do is, first of all, I would grab my hearing aids. I put my hearing aids in, and I'd run as fast as I could to the area of our house. And I would fight that person or people that are in our house because they're trying to hurt something that I love and cherish. What would it happen, men, if somebody broke in our house and Tammy hits me? She says, hey, somebody's breaking our house. Don't worry about it. I got this. <laughs> you would call me all sorts of names, wouldn't you? Rightfully so. But I want you to know there's a lot of us, maybe, that have kind of, we punted that. We punted that responsibility. That that protection thing, and I'm definitely not being um, chauvinistic or anything like that. But it's, 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 it's within us that God has created us. That this woman should feel special. This woman should be um, refreshed. She should feel protection. What's the next thing say? He brought me to his banqueting house. Some of your translations say banquet table. And his banner over me was love. This lady not only feels special, singular, protected, refreshing. What else she feels is she feels shown off. And man, if we were to be honest, a lot of us have maybe lived a life like an occupational hazard. Man, that was great in the attraction thing. But now I'm married, you know. I mean, as far as showing her off, man, I mean, we take date nights every once in a while. No, 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 man. This has to be a, a consistent thing that I want to show her off. Even things that I don't want to do. I don't know if this is getting taped. I don't know if she'll see it or not. But I'll tell you what, what I did last week was I called this place called Shall We Dance. My wife loves dancing. I really don't. Okay, but, but what I did was I picked up the phone and I called this place, Shall We Dance? And I got us some dance lessons and I'm gonna tell you what, in two weeks, I'm gonna be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's only gonna be about 30 minutes, but it's something she loves. And you know what, we're gonna be out and I am gonna show her off. With FCA and, and now with church, you're not gonna make a whole lot of money, okay? So what you have to do is you gotta be creative. And one of the things I loved doing at the beginning of our marriage was when I would just, we would just go to the mall and I would just reach out my hand, man, and we just walk the mall. We don't have to buy anything. But all I have to do is I have to just take out my hand and she takes out her hand and we do one of these numbers and I'm walking down the, the mall and I'm just holding her hand and I'm showing her off. We get back in the car and she'll say, that was one of the best nights I ever had. What? Yeah. We have to continue to do that. This lady feels banquet hall, and his banner over me was love. A banner is like a military where you would wave your flag and you would say that United States of America, or the United States of America, France, Spain, whatever, whatever flag, okay, you're waving. You're proud of that. She says that his banner, 
His flag over me is love. And it's the same way our Father feels about us. It's the same way He feels about His church. That His banner over each of us in this church is that He loves us. His banner over me is love. So then this relationship starts. Let me, let me go to the next verse. His left hand is underneath my head, and his right hand embraces me. Left hand underneath, right hand, that's a making love position. She wants this guy. They're in a courting stage, okay? She wants him to make love to her. His left hand underneath, his right hand embraces, pull him close, pull her close. She wants him, you know why? It's not because of the six-pack or what he looks like. You know why? He treats her kind. He's polite. Shows her off. She wants to be with him. Let's go to the next one. This relationship starts to grow. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers have appeared on the earth, the time of the singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The winter is past. What, what season are we in if the winter's past? Spring, springtime, things start to grow. This relationship is growing. And some of our lives, and let's put that over to Christ, some of us, it's springtime, man. We're growing. Things are starting to bud. Starting, things are starting to take shape and form. This relationship is growing, and it's a fantastic thing. What's the next verse say, Andy? Oh, my dove in the cleft of the rocks and the crannies of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. You've got this, you've got this cliff, you've got this prefaces. And basically what this person is saying is this, this girl is hiding out. She's scared to come out. He's comparing it to a dove. And this person, Solomon, is looking at it and says, come out, let me see your face. The thing I've realized about a relationship is vulnerability breeds vulnerability. This couple right here is having conversation that it's not level one. Hey, how's your day? Good. No, man, it's sitting. It's when, when Tammy wants to talk with me, it's almost like the phone has to be off, the hearing aid's got to be turned up, and I got to be dialed in. They're having communication. It's starting to go. She's opening up to him. And he's accepting her for what she has, flaws and all, maybe. And that's the way Christ does for us. Let's go to the next verse. Catch the foxes for us. Their communication is growing, but they realize something. That this thing right here wants to destroy. Catch the foxes. The foxes are getting in the what? The vineyard. And they're taking. They want to kill the things that God has brought in. There's an enemy. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life. They're saying, catch the foxes. The foxes are coming in, and they're trying to steal what God has planted. That could be in our personal lives. That can be in our relationships. Go to the next slide, Andy. But here's what she says. The communication is great. They look at each other. It's deep conversation. And then here's what she says. My beloved is mine, and I am his. There's something, that, there's something to be said about that. 
that when conversation is open and honesty is brought out, you feel a sense of security. Same way that the Lord feels about us. None of us in this room got it all together. If you think you got it all together, man, you're in trouble. Let me know how that works for you. That's why we give our lives to him. That's why we wave the white flag of surrender and we understand our need for him. Chapter one is attraction. Chapter two is courtship. Chapter three is a wedding. And I'll tell you what, man, it's a fantastic wedding. What does it say in chapter three? It's a celebration. It says, what is that coming up from the wilderness like columns of smoke perfumed with myrrh and frankincense with all the fragrant powders of a merchant? This is a celebration, but it takes us back to the wilderness. Columns of smoke. What does it say? In, it takes us to Exodus. What does it say in Exodus? When Moses is leading the people, he's leading the people um, from captivity and slavery to a land that flows with milk and honey. There's someone that is directing the whole thing, and it's God. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they may travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart before the people. God is in front of them. This marriage that Solomon is talking about, it's a celebration of what God can do. It's two people that are being joined together and they're doing something incredible for the kingdom. And it doesn't have to be like me and Tammy. Each one of us, and we're gonna talk about it in the summer, each one of us have gifts that make up the entire body. But it's fantastic when it's done right. This is an incredible wedding. Attraction, what you're attracted to. Courtship, a wedding. And when it's done right, guess what you do? You have a honeymoon night. And it's passionate sex. And God doesn't blush. He doesn't say it with any kind of feeling other than satisfaction and joy. This is what I've given you. It is a gift from him. There's a quote that says that Satan will do everything he can to get you in the bed before you get married. But Satan will do everything he can to keep you out of the bed when you get married. There's a lot of truth to that. This man in chapter 4, the guy that discipled me and he taught me about the Word of God, especially with this book. Man, I heard him use the illustration and it came true to me when I did it one time. You're in chapter 4 of this, this honeymoon night and it's passionate. We're going to look at just a couple here in just a second. But I kid you not, I was speaking to this at the University of Louisville with the football team. And I remember being in chapter 4, and we, which we'll get to in just a second. But I had this offensive lineman, or defensive lineman, I can't remember which one it was, but go, go like this. <laughs> Hollywood tries to copy this. They try to make movies about it. They can't do it. Let's see what a godly man, how he does. He doesn't jump out of the closet on his honeymoon night and say, here I am. Here I am. No, no, that's not what he does. The thing I've realized about me and Tammy is Tammy, all Tammy has to do is say sex and I'm ready. <laughs> but 
Men are like microwaves. Women are like crockpots. That if I really want to get to Tammy's heart, it's not by saying sex. It's by talking about how special she is. Remember in chapter 2, the courtship? Here's what this guy's going to do in, Solom- in Song of Solomon. Here's what he says in chapter 4. Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Okay? Now, again, it's poetry. Let me, let me help a little bit with it. Some of us may have these like sweetie, sugar. I don't know what your little pet name is for your girl, but what this guy's doing is he's romancing his wife. This is a honeymoon night. Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Your eyes, he's going to start here and he's going to go down. Your eyes are like doves. They say that the eyes are the gateway to your soul. So he's looking into his wife's eyes. And he's saying that they're pure, they're innocent, they're perfect behind your veil. So your eyes, your hair is like a flock of goats. Now let me, let me. Don't, don't go, don't, don't try this at a, at a date night. Hey, you know. What I've, what I've heard is that this, is that this lady is a Jewish lady. And a Jewish lady would be letting down her glory. It's like a flock of goats. It's like hair. They say that hair from a goat, not that we're used to, but Middle East, was long, shiny, and strong. This lady's kind of letting down her hair. Your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down from the slopes of Gilead. Go to the next slide. Your teeth, she's smiling. You don't see someone's teeth unless they're smiling. Your teeth are like a flock of shown ooze. They have come up from their washing. They're white, all which bear their twins, okay? They're straight, and not one among them has lost its young. It's, it, they're there, okay? <laughs> all right. What's the next one say? Your lips are like scarlet thread, and your mouth is lovely. Your cheeks are like... She is smiling. This lady's excited. This honeymoon is, is not exactly what you're thinking yet. What's it say in the next one? Your neck is like the Tower of David. Her neck's not down like this. No, her neck is up. She's proud. She's proud to be with this guy. There's no shame in this. She's proud. Go to the next one. Your two breasts are like two fawns. He's working his way down his wife, now his wife's body. Your two breasts are like two fawns. Now, I'm from the city, okay? I don't know a whole lot about deer, but I'll tell you this. You don't run up on deer, do you? Now you're slow. You, you take your time, okay? You take your time, okay? Now, this is what this guy's doing on his honeymoon night. Notice, guys, are we like that? No, he's taking his time. What's the next verse say? Until the day breeze. What part of the day is that? Morning. Until the shadows flee away. Let me help you with that. All night long. All night long. I'm going to be with you all night long. We don't need to rush this. There's something special when that happens. That is not, sex is not just for me. Sex is for the enjoyment. And God's given us that. He's romancing his wife. Let's go to the next one. Attraction. I got to wind it down. Attraction. 
courtship, wedding, honeymoon. You got one chapter on a honeymoon. I remember the guy that mentored me. He said, you get one chapter on sex and you get two chapters on fighting. You know why, Chris? No, why? Because you're going to fight twice as much as you have sex. Conflict. What does it look like with conflict? That you conflict with a resolution. That it's not a person trying to get their way. I slept, but my heart was awake. He's trying all these, these things again. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. Remember that? We just looked at it just a second ago. For my head, she says, for my head is wet with dew. This guy's coming, trying that line again, and guess what? She's like, what does she say? Keep it the next one. Next slide. I had put off my garment. How can I put it back on? I have taken a bath. How can I soil them again? It doesn't always work. Just because you're romantic doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. Conflict. How are we conflicting? Every marriage has conflict. Conflict is an agriculture term that a farmer would conflict the ground. And as they conflicted the ground, then they would plant seed. Some of the best things that we could possibly do is have conflict in our marriage. Good conflict, because good, healthy conflict brings resolution. They're going to argue the right way. We don't have for time, time's sake. They're going to argue and conflict the right way. If not, guess what? It'll be a boring life if you never conflicted. You, we'd never get better. But in conflict, guess what we see? We see the same thing from God. You know what we see? We see forgiveness. We see tenderness. And we see grace. Attraction, courtship, wedding, honeymoon, conflict, and then commitment. Commitment. What does it say in, in the next one, Andy? I am my beloved, and his desire is for me. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it was talked about in chapter 2. This lady realizes, hey, we got a little conflict going on, but I, I don't have to worry about where my husband's going. You know why? Because he loves God. He's got a great name. He loves God more than he loves me. And I'm my beloved's and his desires for me. I'm going to close up in just a second, but I love seeing a, a young couple walking on the beach holding hands. That's, that's great. You look at them and you're just kind of like, oh, that's so sweet. That's cute. Um, but I'll tell you what stirs my heart more. What stirs my heart more is when I go into a Kroger and I see this dude on this little cart and I see this lady next to him just and I'm looking, I'm like, that's good stuff. This whole book is supposed to show us of what God intends us to be able to have. He has blessed us with an incredible thing. It starts with attraction, and it goes all the way to commitment. Our God is faithful. That when we mess up, he's faithful to forgive us. So maybe you're like me. Maybe you screwed this thing up way back here in chapter 1. There's grace. His grace is sufficient. That when we are weak, he is strong. 
Maybe, just maybe, it's time to wave the white flag and say, I surrender my life to Christ. That biblical worldview that you're talking about sounds pretty good to me. And that's why I love what Ronnie and this church is doing. Because it's not just a consumer thing. We want to put our arm around you. We want to watch us grow together. That's what it's about. Father, let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your love and your grace. God, I'm thankful that the words today, God, as I remember just being discipled, that he made the Bible. God used that man to teach me in such a way that it's, wow, that's great stuff. And so, Lord, I, I don't want to be inspirational. I don't want to be motivational. I just want to be clear. God, that you desire something great for us. May we just trust you in every part of our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's Bible teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media.